What's your framework for getting stuff done? This is gonna be an applicable podcast for any business, not just Amazon, but we use this on Amazon every day. My name is Stephen Pope and I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. Whenever I think about how we build a framework, a conceptual framework of getting stuff done, it often makes sense to put some barriers on how a task should be constructed and interpreted. This is typical project management 101, but sometimes the theory of this doesn't necessarily translate to the practical application, which is why I'm talking about it today. Whenever a task first comes in, I like to run it through uh, this framework. And then once it's run through this framework, it will be done, right? So uh, here, is, here is that framework. Number one, you need to understand the scope. Number two, complete the work. Number three, QA it, which stands for quality assurance. And number four, report it back. So I'll be talking about that in detail. I'll then talk about how actions dictate strategies and when a task comes in, how you... Um, transfer that, whether it's do it, delegate it, defer it, that kind of framework is kind of a continuation of, of this contingency. And then why do you do that task? So that's, that's the conversation we're gonna have today. So number one, you gotta understand the scope of an item when it comes in to your inbox. And for most of us, that inbox is your email. Uh, for others, that inbox could be Asana or a project management software. Whenever we get a task at My Amazon Guy, it could come in through, uh, through the door because we signed a contract and then we have a list of things that are in scope that we go and assign. Some are reoccurring tasks. Others are just one and done. Other uh, items come in by client request, kind of like you would get at your own organization. You get an email and uh, the boss wants XYZ, the client wants ABC, or uh, you've got somebody in another department that's waiting on you to get something done. So the first thing that's really critical is that you need to understand the ask, understand the scope, right? If, if I said, hey, Stephen, I need you to go eat an elephant, I would immediately know that's not possible. But often the case, that elephant is requested in the form of a task. And, and if you start with understanding the scope, you can immediately push back on said scope or immediately know the task is larger than the individual. So maybe you need to pull in some stakeholders. Maybe you need to escalate the request internally to the organization or bring in other parties to have a conversation because it's a large task. It's outside of your ability to execute. So you review that term of, of the, uh, the item request that comes in and you then ask questions if it's unclear. Hey, Stephen, I want you to eat this elephant. An elephant, you say, are we talking an Indian elephant or an African elephant? And you go back to them and ask this question. Well, actually, I needed uh, an Indian elephant. Okay, cool, those are much smaller elephants. I think I might be able to do this 
if I have a tag team partner with me. So you raise the flags if you think the project is too large. Maybe it will take too long. Hey, Steven, I need you to eat an elephant by end of day today. Uh, well, uh, Bob, I can't do that by end of day today, but I can do it within 90 days. Would that be acceptable? No, Stephen, I need the elephant by end of day today to be eaten in whole. Clearly, there's going to be a conversation about scope before you even go about starting the task. Because if you can't eat the elephant by end of day, why even start it? Because you can't give the delivery on the time frame expected. So uh, another problem that could happen, and here's more of an Amazon example. Hey, I need you to set the search terms for all items on this account. You go into the account and you see there's a thousand SKUs. Well, if you did, if you notice that there's generally five categories of those thousand SKUs, maybe you could set five different unique sets of search terms for all thousand products, and it would be a great improvement over the current blank set of search terms. That would still be an effective way to eat the elephant. But instead of eating it with a fork and a spoon, you ate it with quite frankly, uh, a stick of dynamite, blew up the elephant into five pieces, and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, you know, one set of search terms per body part. All right, that metaphor is going down a hill right now. So uh, next step would be to complete the work. So whatever the task might, might be, whether it's eating said elephant or uh, just getting on base if you're playing baseball, you just go complete the scope. Now, this is probably the easiest task in our framework because everybody knows how to get stuff done. However, there may be a better way to get the task completed. Maybe to get on base, I just need you to bunt so that the guy uh, on first base currently can get to second. And I know that you getting to the first base, you're going to be thrown out because I asked you to bunt. That kind of context on how you complete the task is important. Uh, you might also uh, complete the task wrong if you didn't follow the scope to begin with, right? So go in and complete the task. And uh, a lot of the times when we complete a task, many of our clients at My Amazon Guy are not comfortable with us just going live with the completion. They, they want to review it first before it goes live. So we'll frequently ask uh, our clients what their uh, barometer is on on us making public facing, customer facing changes. If it's a backend change like keywords, we're probably gonna go ahead and just get it done because it makes immediate impact and most clients are not sophisticated enough to know how to interpret the technical code which we've put together. However, bullet points or a title on the front end or an A plus content delivery, everybody can understand how to interpret that. Everybody can check for spelling errors or context or branding. And, and often clients will want to review that first. So that brings us to number three, QA, quality assurance. Now, uh, at my Amazon guy, before we push it to the client, we have an internal QA process to make sure we catch anything uh, that shouldn't go live, right? So if, if, for example, we're setting up a promotion code, the most uh, monetary complicated aspect of Amazon, you heard that correctly, I believe promo code settings are the most complicated, fastest way to lose money on Amazon. If you don't QA a promo code with a second set of eyes, you're, you're asking to wreck a car and not have insurance. 
I've seen so many times where a client will self-inflict a wound where they set up uh, a promo code and then all of a sudden their entire catalog was given away. Or maybe they set up two promo codes, those codes stacked, and 99% of the items were, were sold at a loss in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's why QAing is so important. Not only can you catch the minor stuff, like a spelling error, but you can also catch the monetary issues where a button click can literally cost thousands of dollars. And generally speaking, the best way to QA something, QA your own stuff, but a second set of eyes is generally the proper way to QA something. Now, the larger my organization gets as an agency, the slower our work gets because we then have additional protocols to deliver high quality because the larger we get, the more risk we take, the bigger clients we take, and the larger projects, the, the necessity of getting it right increases. Uh, and and uh, that is a story for another day, but we do try and be very agile with our QAing process. It's just a necessary proponent of our framework. Number four is report the work back. Now, if you're running an agency, you're reporting it back to the client, but if you're at a corporation and you're internally reporting it, you're reporting it back to the boss. And this could be an email showcasing that the task was completed. It could be a screenshot of a before and after if it's visual. Uh, it could be a link to where the work exists. Maybe you got a Google Sheet to show uh, where this work exists. Maybe it's already live on the Amazon ASIN detail page and you can just send an ASIN link, whatever it might be. Uh, and then the last component of that reporting of the work, though, is a call to action. This is the one thing that drives me bonkers. Whenever uh, somebody delivers a piece of work and they said, hey, here's your delivery, but they don't say, and can you approve it so we can push it live? Doing all this work but not asking for approval or not going live with the work just means that all previous steps were a waste of time. So I'm a big proponent of always have a call to action. And if there isn't one, go ahead and say there isn't one. Hey, we've implemented this. There's no cause for any action on your side. It's already live. Should you have any questions, let us know. Or if it's an A plus content delivery, hey, here's your design and we need you to approve it so we can submit it to Amazon. And it does take 14 plus days for Amazon to accept an A plus content submission. So it behooves you to go ahead and approve that as soon as possible. Because if you don't, then this great $500 piece of content that we just made for you is useless or worthless until it goes live or has been submitted. So that call to action is critical. If you don't approve the action, then the work is worthless. So, so that's my uh, framework. Understand the scope, complete the work, QA it, and report it back to the client. But there's some further context to this. When an item comes in, there's an action strategy that I like to use. Uh, and and it, all actions boil down to three things. Number one, do it. Just do it if you like Nike. If the action takes less than two minutes, just do it, whatever that action might be. Number two, delegate it. So are you the right person to do it? If it's going to take a lot of time, consider delegating it to somebody else on your team. Uh, and make sure it's documented in whatever software you use to project manage. So for us, we use Asana. And we document it in Asana. We then delegate that task to the member on the team that is most appropriate for that task. 
and we set a due date. And then number three is defer it. If the action will have no positive impact, don't do it. At my Amazon guy, we are highly focused on growing your sales on your Amazon account. If you ask us to do something, we're probably gonna do it for you. But if you ask us to do something that won't impact sales and we think it's a waste of time, we're gonna tell you. We, are, we have no problems about perception-based action work being a waste of time. We're, we're gonna tell you. If you say, hey, Steven, I wanna create a 17-set series email drip using Feedback Whiz, I'm gonna say, uh, not only is that a bad practice, because Amazon does not like you sending multiple emails to customers, it's also a waste of time. There's no way that a customer is gonna to wanna to see 17 emails from you. So if the action will have modest impact but is not worth doing now, and you've got competing priorities or other important things that are being done on your account, at least document it and save it for later. And, and then finally, the last topic of our conversation today, why are we doing something? This is a good question to ask, uh, one that is frequently missed in American society and in American business. Uh, the concept of just do it, that's what I requested, is very much ingrained into society. I think it's ingrained into the school systems and it's ingrained from the, uh, every organization from the government to the army to the school system and American business. It's why entrepreneurs pull their hair out, go bald, and run their own businesses because the concept of, hey, this is how it's always been done, it drives them crazy. It, it, if you're doing action work that has no impact, why are we doing it? And, and quite frankly, at, at my Amazon Guide, the reason we do any action on behalf of you, our clients, is to increase sales. If there is an action that you request or an action that we've considered that does not increase the traffic to your listings or improve the conversion rate to improve your sales, it is not worth doing. However, there's obviously some back office work and things that system, systems and SOPs and organization of data, that's a subset of growing sales though, to get organized, right? We're, we, we spend time building out product data sheets all the time because that data is worth thousands of dollars and if Amazon's catalog ever deleted, we would just recreate it. That's a best practice that I don't believe most agencies get right. So there are proactive actions that prevent sales loss that are also done that aren't technically increasing sales, but they're protecting sales and those are still worth doing too. But, but basically, uh, if it doesn't grow sales, and you request it, we're only going to do it to make you happy. Uh, and if you want to pay us money to make you happy, I might as well be uh, a counselor. And that's cool. We do that sometimes, but kind of begrudgingly, to be honest. We would prefer to just say, hey, Stephen, go grow your sales. Cool, I'm going to go grow your sales. Now, obviously, if you want to learn from us, we share all our trade secrets. Uh, I podcast and talk about how I run my agency on a daily basis. Uh, we have tutorial videos on literally every Amazon problem you could come up with. And if we don't have one on a subject, you can request it, leave a comment on, on our content, and we will be happy to build one out. So hopefully this was helpful on, the, on my, quite frankly, the My Amazon Guy framework, agency best practices on how to get stuff done. Understand the scope, complete the work, 
QA it, report it back to the client or the boss, use an action strategy of do it, delegate it, or defer it, and ask yourself the question, why are we doing this task? And it better be to grow sales. My name is Stephen Pope, and I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy.